The first reading is from Psalm 145, um, and this can be found on page 642 in our church Bibles. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Kirsty comes to talk to us. Can you hear me? Oh, good. Well, good morning. For those who um, don't know me, my name is Kirsty Dolphin and I'm, I'm married to Pads, who is the vicar here. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Now, Chris spoke to us about two weeks ago about our Father, our Father in heaven. And it's actually wonderful that we can call God, the creator of the whole world, our Father. That's the closeness, the intimacy of the relationship that he desires with us, his people. And then last week, Pad spoke to us about hallowed be your name, about the holiness of God and how we should honour his name. Today, we're going to look at the verse, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. So let us just bow our heads for a quick prayer, because I need some help. (laughs) Lord Jesus, we thank you for teaching your disciples how to pray. Would you come by your spirit and teach us this morning? 
Amen. So we've already met our neighbours, so I thought we could have another quick chat with them, because what I want you to do is talk to the person next to you or behind you, if you're sitting on your own, um, and ask what you think we are praying for when we ask for the kingdom to come. So you've got one minute to say, what do you think we're praying for when we ask for the kingdom to come? Off you go. Okay, time's up. I'm sure you've had lots of... um, good thoughts and ideas. Well, I personally believe that when we pray your kingdom come, we actually see God's rule and reign come on earth just as it is in heaven. And so we see people healed, we see lives changed, we see relationships restored. And the book of Revelation tells us that one day heaven will come down to earth and everything will be renewed. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth, and God will dwell among his people. And there will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. Now that's a kingdom worth praying for. When Jesus was on earth, he demonstrated the kingdom by sort of giving signs, if you like, and um, healing the sick, casting out demons, telling everyone about the good news of the coming kingdom. And then he gave his disciples authority to go and do the same thing. In fact, in the the Gospel of John, it says, Jesus said, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. So that's you and me. We are the disciples because everyone who believes and puts their trust in Jesus is able to do greater things than Jesus did. Wow. We had a healing service at the end of January, and during the service, we invited people to come up for prayer. And one lady came up. She has given me her permission to share this. One lady came up. She was really struggling with um, a sore hand and a sore wrist. And a simple prayer was prayed that in the name of Jesus, she would be healed and restored. And she said immediately the pain was gone. So Jesus is still healing people today, here at St. Matthew's as well as elsewhere in the world. So when we pray, your kingdom come, we too see signs of the kingdom. Jesus not only demonstrated the kingdom of God, but he is the king. Luke 17, the Pharisees asked Jesus, when is the kingdom coming? And Jesus replies that the kingdom is in their midst. It was him. He is the king. The Pharisees were were waiting for a king to to rescue them, to overthrow them from their Roman oppressors, and to fulfill the prophecies of old and save them from their enemies. But they did not recognize Jesus as that king. Do we recognize Jesus as our king? They were not expecting a peace-loving rabbi on a donkey that ate with sinners, welcomed everyone, especially the poor and the outcast, who listened, who cared, who forgave sin and restored relationships. They certainly didn't expect a king who would be handed over to the enemy and crucified. They did not understand that Jesus was indeed the one who had been sent to fulfill the prophecies. Jesus, who led a perfect life, who never sinned, was sent to rescue the whole world 
from sin and death by giving up his life on a cross and dying in our place. By rising again three days later, he defeated death and he offers this free gift of eternal life to everyone who will believe and put their trust in him. It's astonishing. We're all looking for someone to save us. Some of us look to technology. Some of us look to financial security. Some of us look to our families. But the good news we read in the book of Acts is that salvation is found in Jesus. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So when we pray, your kingdom come, salvation comes. Never underestimate the power of prayer. My mother prayed for me for many, many years. I was a really, I was a nightmare child. I was very, very rebellious. And it took a long time for her prayers to be answered, 40 years in fact, but they were eventually answered. So don't give up praying for those you love. Now being Mother's Day, I did bring a couple of books which I have found very, very helpful. I bought them to give away, actually, because I found them so helpful. This is The Power of a Praying Parent by Stormy O'Martin. I would really, really recommend it. It's lovely. It's got um, little short chapters um, and then a prayer at the end on on lovely things about feeling, you know, our our children feeling loved and accepted. Um, There's also one about honouring your parents and resisting rebellion. I think my mother should have read that one. Um, you know, just lovely things here. There's also a very useful one about getting through the teenage years successfully. So I would really uh, recommend that to you. Do come and ask for it afterwards. And I've also, if you're a little bit older like me, there's another one by Stormy called The Power of Praying for Your Adult Children. And that's really good as well. So do come. I'm very happy to give them away because they are really, really good. I'm actually reading The Power of the Praying Wife. So I'm looking for wonderful things. You'll see pads, I'm sure, change. (laughs) Actually, probably what will happen is probably be me, because when we pray, we are the ones that change as well. Transformation comes to us. So um, it's a two-way thing, praying. He's he's also praying the power of a praying husband. So, you know, look look for great things, I hope. God is in the business of restoring relationships. So when I first became a Christian 15 years ago, I felt really compelled to go and see my sister and apologise to her for treating her so badly when we were growing up. Because apart from being a rebel, I, was, I bullied her relentlessly. And she was so moved by my actions that she promptly burst into tears. But when the kingdom of God comes, there is healing And relationships are restored. Jesus spent a lot of his time telling people about the kingdom of God. And he calls us to do the same. He described the kingdom to the Pharisees, as I said, as being in their midst. Because he was in their midst. Yet in John um, chapter 18 we read that the kingdom is not yet part of this present world. And we only have to look around us to see the mess the world is in, to realise the kingdom's not yet here. 
Yet when we pray your kingdom come, we do see signs of the kingdom breaking through. We do see healings and restoration and it gives us hope and a taste of what is to come. And Jesus told us to be ready, ready for his return. No one knows when that will be, but are we ready? Does God rule and reign in your life? The second part of the verse is, your will be done. It is God's will that we love one another and we help those in need. I always feel hugely challenged by the sheep and goats passage in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus says, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Jesus is in the face of every man, woman, and child in need. And we can feel quite overwhelmed by the needs of the world. But it is God's will that we all play our part in caring for one another. So when we pray, your will be done, We are agreeing to do this. I don't know about you, but um, there are a lot of times when I really struggle with doing God's will. In fact, quite often I pray, Lord, bend my will to do your will. And part of the problem, I realise, is that my diary is so full, there's not much space for God to have a say. So I have been really challenged to create space in my day to rest more. It's actually very releasing, but I felt I almost needed permission to stop. So instead of giving something up for Lent, I've taken something up. I felt God asked me to spend more time with him, not necessarily doing anything, just resting in his presence and letting him guide my thoughts, which is very hard for an activist like me. I've been very inspired by... um, Bishop Stephen Cottrell's book. He used to be the Bishop of Reading, and it's called Hit the Ground Kneeling. I've spent most of my life hitting the ground running. But our lives are so busy these days. It's almost like we're on one of those hamster wheels, and we need to stop and be still. It is like a nectar. It soothes the soul. So, take a tip from me. And take some time out in your day for you and God. Use the Lord's Prayer as your framework. Jesus did. He needed to spend time with his Heavenly Father. And if he needed to spend time, how much more do we need to spend time? One of the things uh, I did while I was uh, preparing this talk was I decided to practice what I preach. So I lay on my bed and decided to meditate on this verse. So I slowly repeated the words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Well, I nodded off, which made me smile when I came to, but maybe I needed rest. 
But what eventually came out of it, out of this exercise for me, was a much deeper sense that God wants each one of us to be his vessel so that he can pour his kingdom, his love, his peace, his goodness into us as we spend time in his presence. And then it will flow through us to reach out to those that we we spend time with and we see. So God's general will for our lives is that we grow in our love and knowledge of Jesus and that we love and care for one another. But he also has a specific role for each one of us. And unless we spend time with our Heavenly Father, we may miss what we are meant to be doing. It may be as simple as inviting your neighbour over for a cup of tea because they're having a really tough time, and God knows that. It may be that he wants you to mend a broken relationship. Maybe that he's calling you to something new. God called our daughter Kylie to South Africa, where she met a South African farmer in church, would you believe? Yes, church can still be a dating agency. They're now married, and she is at Bible school studying God's word. So when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, we need to be expectant that God will use us, every single one of us, to bring about his kingdom here on earth. One day, we will see the kingdom, and we will see the king, Jesus, in all his glory. In Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, he wrote, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, And no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So let's keep praying for his kingdom to come. Amen.